Hey everyone, this is Christy Hoffman, host of the Flip Flops and People Ops podcast. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know this show is brought to you by Pingboard. Pingboard helps you turn your company into a great place to work and keep it that way through driving transparency, relationship building, revealing growth opportunities, and celebrating individual accomplishments. Oh, and the fact that this all helps you with retention and it's automated makes your life as the people ops person that much easier. The org chart automatically updates, showing your people who reports to who and how departments and teams fit together. You can help new hires feel more comfortable and ease first day anxiety by sending a link to your org chart before their start date. They can click on employee profiles, learn about their new coworkers, and plus they can play a flashcard game to learn names and faces. You'll boost engagement by celebrating work anniversaries, birthdays, and more on an employee dashboard. Studies show that people need their work to feel meaningful. Giving recognition and celebrating milestones is an easy way to show your people how huge of an impact they have on your organization's success. Recognition is automatically fed into Slack so managers will never miss a beat on their teams and the entire company can celebrate important moments. Up to 70% of the employee experience is based on the dynamic between the employee and their manager. The one-on-ones tool helps your managers think more like coaches with regular check-ins to learn where the employee wants to take their career or possibly if they're thinking about leaving. Both the employee and their manager collaborate on an editable agenda and set recurring topics for a more personalized conversation to make sure everyone has what they need to thrive at your organization. There's even more features that I can't even list out here, and all of them drive a culture of belonging. So become an irresistible place to work. Pingboard makes your people feel more connected and enthusiastic about the success of your company. Happy, engaged employees are more likely to stay. You can learn more about Pingboard and catch more episodes of the show by visiting pingboard.com slash podcast. Okay, so today we're going to talk about retention. Retention's really hard. Why is it so hard? because there's so many reasons that people can leave. So we're gonna talk about a few strategies to help your people feel like they wanna stay. Retention should always be a priority at every organization. A study that I found showed that 35% of employees are thinking about leaving their jobs by the end of 2023. That's a lot of people. And with the new normal of remote work, thanks to the pandemic, employees have a wider range of choices for companies that they can evaluate to work for. So you as the HR or the people ops leader need to figure out a wide range of strategies to make a positive impact for retention from open feedback channels to a recognition program and other really easy techniques. You can boost your retention rates. So before I talk about the strategies, we need to talk about the cost of losing your top talent. Sherm estimates that it costs between $20,000 and $30,000 in recruiting and training expenses to replace a manager making $40,000 a year. This doesn't even account for losses in terms of knowledge, productivity, the impact on your culture, and the time it takes to interview new people. And low retention rates can also impact motivation, performance, and productivity of your other teams. So before employees quit, they may become a little bit less than of a team player, maybe do the, the minimum amount of work. This is what we call disengagement. They'll fail to hit their long-term deadlines. This is all gunk that really gums up the productivity of your organization. But you have power here. 77% of the reasons behind why employees leave are preventable. So these strategies are in no particular order. I'm just going to call out some things that I found in articles and things that I've heard works over time through talking to Pingboard customers and so on. So here we go. Few things can really 
drive engagement down, like failing to give your employees a voice. So at your all hands, are you sending out a a form or a survey that's like, hey, ask us anything anonymous, like what's on your mind? What do you want to talk about? Employees want to influence decisions that affect their work and the culture of the company that they spend so much time working for. So they want to feel like they have a voice in the direction of the organization and giving your people a say can dramatically improve retention. So when you take their feedback, you also have to do something with it. I talk about this all the time. Don't ask for people's feedback and then do nothing. You as the HR or the people ops person should really have a recurring slide or recurring part of your all hands. And if you don't, you should talk to your senior leadership team about that. When you take their feedback to the SLT, your senior leadership team or your C-suite, whatever you call it, you turn their feedback into action. It shows everyone that the leadership team takes all of these employee concerns seriously. 90% of workers say that they are more likely to stay at a company that takes and acts on feedback, but only 22% of HR leaders say their organization is effective at creating a culture that supports clear feedback. So finding new opportunities for employees to give their thoughts and highlight problems before they surface into bigger problems, suggest new projects, and just really give you their perspective to help make company decisions, that's really valuable. Some companies rely on an engagement survey. They send it once a quarter. Even worse, they could send it twice a year. Even worse, they send it once a year. And the worst of all is if you aren't sending one at all. So you should be sending those as like a deep dive. Hey, guys, this will take you 20 minutes to answer. We're going to ask you a lot of questions. But you should also be sending regular pulse surveys, which focus on one to three questions. And you should get your employees used to like, hey, we're going to survey you all the time and we do something with this information. So take these surveys seriously. Outside of surveys, some people are using HR chatbots, which is a great way to create like an always on channel, kind of like a that box in like an old school office. You could drop in a slip of paper. It's just like something that's always there that can handle questions and or take feedback and organize that for you so that you can go through it in real time. So give your employees a voice. All right, next, make sure you have some kind of recognition program. Employees who feel appreciated tend to work harder and stay at companies longer, but over 80% of American employees say they don't feel rewarded or recognized. So building a culture of recognition and appreciation is more than just recognizing people every once in a while from the top down. It really requires specific and frequent acknowledgement from all across the organization. That means I can give recognition to you. I can give recognition to my boss. My boss can give recognition to me. It comes from all parts of the organization. And you have to make recognition easy. People might overthink like, how do I sound smart? How do I do this quickly? (laughs) This is too painful. I don't want to do it. Pingboard helps with this. Pingboard has a peer recognition tool called Applause, and it connects with Slack. So people um, from Slack or from Pingboard can say, hey, Lauren did a really great job on this project. She really went above and beyond. And then it gets posted to Slack. It gets posted in Pingboard. People can celebrate it. They can add little emojis and Pingboard even collects a a report so you can run like say a monthly report and say, we're going to hold a giveaway every month. Three people will be picked randomly from a drawing to get a gift card. So you don't have to overthink the rewards part. We can't all send people to Barbados. We can't buy everyone a kayak. People really just want to hear their words of affirmation, which is like reading the actual recognition. And then, hey, there's a chance you might win a $25, a $50 gift card. That's plenty. That's great. 
So really focus on building some kind of inclusive recognition program because it will have a major impact on your business performance. People want to feel like their work matters, and that's a really easy, quick way to do it. So next, you want to make sure you're recruiting the right people. The best employees want to be around others that inspire them and not bring them down. So you want to make sure that you're attracting first-rate candidates in the first place who align with your culture and will stick with your company for years to come. So what interesting aspects of your culture are you emphasizing on your careers page and your interview process? Make sure your recruiters are trained not to just give their elevator pitch and they're talking so fast. We want to talk to you. We want you to work at this company. Make sure you tell them why. Do you have a really awesome benefits package with like monthly massages? Do you have fitness reimbursements or really generous paternity leave and maternity leave policies? Are you on a best place to work list? Don't hide that stuff. Really be upfront about what your culture's like to be attracting the right people. And if you're struggling with recruiting, I've said this before, but it's worth mentioning again, you should have a referral program that's not limited to just your employees. So, you know, most companies will say, we have a $5,000 bonus or however much. If you find the person that fills this role, When you're reaching out to people on LinkedIn and they're like, no, I'm not a good fit for this, say, okay, great. Could you make an introduction to me to someone who might be? We'll give you $1,000. I mean, let other people recruit for you. Yeah, I've got so many people in my network. I'll make a few introductions. I'd love a thousand bucks. So be smart about that employee referral program. You also need to create a really awesome onboarding experience. This is an employee's, you know, first impression. This is kind of like, the honeymoon phase, if you will. This is what will reveal to your new employee what it's like to really like get a look under the hood. And if you pop open the hood of your organization and it growls at you or it's non-existent, you're like, oh my gosh, what have I done? So onboarding is a really sensitive time where people are very vulnerable. They just left their last company. They're hoping they made the right decision. Maybe their last company burned them out. You don't want to burn them out with a lack of onboarding or a really bad onboarding, or, you know, it's just not very efficient or it's not very effective. It's not enough. So help new employees shift from an outsider to an insider by educating them really, really on their responsibilities, giving them the resources they need to complete their tasks and their goals, work with their hiring manager and be like, how much time does this person really need? Give them a few weeks. People need to learn who's who, figure out what's going on. Pingboard has a really cool flashcard game for new hires to learn names and faces across departments, which is, you know, brain power enough, let alone what are all the tools we use? Give them time to watch the videos to learn the tools if they're new. They need the bandwidth to feel comfortable and the time to feel capable to feel successful in their role. So managers have a big role to play during onboarding. You need to remind them how good onboarding can affect how connected the employees feel at the organization. You don't want a new hire bonding with one of your employees over how bad their onboarding is. If they reach out over Slack or like, hey, I'm lost. I feel terrible. I don't understand what I'm supposed to be working on right now. Or they already gave me a project, but I haven't even logged in to choose my 401k stuff and my benefits. And the person's like, I know that's what my onboarding was like. Hello, toxic culture. That's not what you want. So that trickle down effect can slowly cause disengagement and cause people to have like a trauma bond over your lack of onboarding. So if you know your onboarding's a little busted, go to your senior leadership team and be like, look, I need to pause some stuff for a while. We need to fix this. This is Pennywise pound foolish if we don't make this a great experience. 
It's really expensive to recruit new people. It takes a lot of time and people's attention away from their job. And if we finally get this person or these people, these new hires to say yes, and then we don't onboard them, they're going to turn over. We're going to suffer a retention problem and that costs money. At Pingboard, we do, we have a couple like new hire lunches where we send everyone a Grubhub gift card and there's no agenda. Everyone gets food sent to their house because we're all remote. And, you know, we get to know the new hire with a few icebreakers. We go around, ask silly questions like, has someone had a crazy dream recently? What did you want to be when you grew up? Things like that to just help the person just relax and get to know more about the personalities at the organization. And you're going to want to mix people from all different departments. And then from there, making sure that there's a really clear path for their onboarding. Pre-book their calendar, work with their hiring manager, maybe assign that to them. Like, what do they need to be working on for each day? How long is their onboarding? Let's make sure we schedule them breaks. I love when companies start people on a Thursday or a Friday. So they have the weekend to kind of like say that they started. Yeah, I started at this new company. It was great. Now I have the weekend to kind of sleep, get some REM cycles going and figure out what's going on. And they kind of have a better start at the end of the week than like starting on a Monday. And it's like drinking from a fire hose. Onboarding is pretty important. So Make sure you survey new hires and be like, be honest. How was your onboarding? Do you feel like you can be effective in your role? What was missing? Help us make it better. Sorry that we're not perfect, but help us. People will tell you, and it's all about how you ask. Make them feel safe to tell you, hey, my onboarding wasn't great. This has happened to me before. I've had, I've worked at a company where the onboarding wasn't stellar and I'm pretty experienced in my career and I still felt lost. And I thought this is such a shame because I could be making an impact and I'm a few weeks in and I'm still trying to log into tools or I didn't know we used this tool or I didn't know this person. And that's not a good experience. And that's going to have a big effect on retention. All right. Another retention tactic is to provide avenues for growth. You want to really focus on professional development in every department, in every role, you know, Maybe consider career mapping. What are the level one, level two, level three support engineer roles? How do you get there? What kind of certifications do you offer? Will you pay for them? Help people see that there's a path forward so that they know what to check off, you know, what boxes to check off so that they can get the right skills and get the right experience to know that, okay, I can spend a year in this role. And when I do all these things, because I'm a driven person, I will be qualified to interview for the next role up and I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to crush it. So I think it's pretty obvious that there's a direct link between low investment and employee development and staff turnover. But on the flip side, supporting professional development and continuously learning really boosts engagement levels and drives retention. The total loss of a business from ineffective training can add up to 13.5 million each year per 1,000 employees. So educating your employees, setting up clear paths, and working with hiring managers to be like, who's a superstar? Who's a rock star? That's a really clear difference. Did you know a superstar is someone who shows signs of totally leveling up, either managing people or they want to get to the next level? Rock stars, they really love the job that they're at, but you can still give them salary boosts because you need your rock stars. Those are the people who don't want to manage people. They don't want to go to the next level, but they're really rock solid at their customer service or they're really great at you know their role in the engineering team and they're happy where they are and they always hit their deadlines. They always show up and have a great attitude. Those are your rock stars. So figure out the path of like, how do people get raises? What are the, the ways and avenues to get title changes? And just make it really clear, make a roadmap for everyone to see there's a place for me at this organization, no matter what. And I can make more money over time because I earned it and my experience is valuable and explain to them the difference between rock stars and 
superstars and make sure that people and managers know how to develop those people. Ask your managers to take chances on employees who've shown interest in a new area by giving them like a side project to work on or ask if they're interested in a certification because doing so shows employees that their managers care about them and their trajectory and trust them to bring their expertise into other areas of the business. For example, when I was first hired to Pingboard, I was working on demand gen, but I was telling my manager through our one-on-ones, regular one-on-ones, like, hey, I'm really interested in product marketing. And over time, he let me pursue that interest and I learned enough and he trusted in our relationship enough and my capabilities enough to let me make that leap. And now I've worked in that role just as long as I was in the demand general. So if I hadn't had that opportunity, I probably would have left to go pursue that interest somewhere else. But Pingboard did it for me and I stayed. Next up is focusing on the employee and manager relationship. So this is even in the Pingboard commercial. Studies show that 70% of the employee experience has everything to do with the dynamic between an employee and their manager. It can make a huge impact on whether or not the employee is engaged or not. 60% of employees think their managers need training. And according to Gallup, only 26% of employees strongly agree the feedback that they get from their managers helps their work performance. So you should be holding regular workshops with your managers. And if you don't have the bandwidth as the HR or people ops person, find some budget, talk to the senior leadership team, be like, we have to invest in this. This is how we teach our managers to act a lot more like coaches and focus on getting the best out of their direct reports. A lot of managers were superstars who were just promoted and they don't really ever get any management training. And that's very backwards. Management training is really important and crucial to making sure that people have a great experience. A coaching dynamic fosters mutual trust and makes it feel like the boss and their employee are on the same page. And probably most importantly, a coaching dynamic really reduces stress. By setting goals and giving workers autonomy and evaluating progress often, employees will know exactly where they stand and where they need to go. And managers have been coached on asking the right questions. I can link out to, in the show notes, I have a a list of 140 open-ended questions to help your managers have better conversations with their direct reports. One-on-ones are not meant to be a working session. It's not like, let's talk about your projects. I mean, talk about your projects, but only in the vein of like, I can't work with this person. It should be very like employee focused, not progress focused. Hold a working session if you need to talk about specific um, milestones or timetables or how a project is going. But employees need to talk about themselves and talk about what keeps them up at night and where they want to take their career and where they think they're struggling. And there needs to be a lot of trust in that relationship for the manager to keep digging respectfully and, and with empathy to figure out what does this employee need to be successful under my leadership at this organization. Coaching works because managers will understand the employee's background and just get to know them as a person, their strengths, their weaknesses. Managers who recognize employees consistently also reap the benefits in terms of improved employee confidence and engagement. 50% of employees say that being thanked by their managers will improve their relationship and build trust. So get with your managers and make sure that there is some kind of ongoing development program because that skill set is never done growing. And you likely have older managers, more experienced and less experienced. And it's important to get those people together so that you can talk about what's working, what's not in an anonymous fashion. You know, I have someone on my team that's really struggling with hitting their deadlines. And then another manager can be like, oh, have you tried time blocking with them? Have you taught them how to do this? And 
How often do you revisit it? No, I didn't know that was a thing. So let your managers kind of teach each other. It's not all on you. It's just you on you to get them together enough to where they're developing each other and talking about what's working and what's not. Also make sure you're focusing on employee wellness because burnout is a major issue across the world. Oh my gosh. And it's occurring at an alarming rate. 76% of employees experience burnout on the job. And burnout symptoms are anything from a lack of energy, negative emotions, missing deadlines, feeling isolated, and it can even manifest physically, leaving employees with no choice but to take a lot of sick days or ultimately leave your organization because they just can't handle it. But the good news is that your organization can nip that in the bud by giving employees flexible hours. For example, my partner is a firefighter and on the days that he's off on the 48th hour, I sometimes won't work that day, but I'll switch it for a day on the weekend so that I can be with my kids and and have a break from being, you know, a solo parent. Figure out the time of day that people work best. Not everybody works best in the morning, although there will be meetings that need to be taken sometimes, but let people work outside of working hours. Teach managers to look for signs of burnout. Again, that's really important for the one-on-ones that should be regularly occurring. There's lots of questions like, What keeps you up at night? What do you look forward to about Mondays and what do you dread? If you had to choose again, would you choose to work here? Why or why not? Are you proud of the work you're doing for this organization? Are you happy in this role or what could make it better for you? Those are all questions that managers can ask to figure out like, okay, is this person on track? Are they okay? And I also tell managers, sometimes an employee will answer a question, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. It takes a lot of practice to get good at I wouldn't call it prying. Let them answer the question and be like, okay, is there anything else? There usually is. And if they have something else, say like, oh, great. I'm glad you shared that too. Is there anything else? Sometimes they'll keep going. Let them keep going until, you know, they're like, no, really, that's it. Employees get a little nervous and intimidated to really be open and honest about what they need. But that's the kind of conversation and dynamic you want to make sure that you can get ahead of burnout or a lack of tools or figure out what could be causing this person to feel a little helpless in their role. And lastly, you should be holding exit interviews. I know they're painful. Sometimes people leave in a big explosion. (laughs) Some people leave and it's on the best terms and it's just time for them to move on. But As the HR people ops person, really take the time to sit down with that person and ask a list of questions like, hey, tell me, what was your experience like? What was it like working with so-and-so as your manager? Did you have what you needed to get your job done to the best of your ability? What could have made your experience better or different that would have made you stay? Did you feel like you had friends at work? Did you feel like you enjoyed your work? If it's easier, you can send this as a survey, but incentivize them. Be like, hey, on your way out, can we give you $25 to take this survey? You know, here's a gift card. And then you have to really sit with that feedback. That is your golden key. When people leave, you don't want them to be like, okay, bye. And you're like, okay, bye. Give us back your computer. You want to really get at the heart and soul of that decision. Was it really time for you to leave or did you have a bad experience? And is it fixable? Is it something that I need to address? So it's important for you to be seen as a trusting source for people to go to so that on their way out, they're like, hey, yeah, Christy, I I never really felt like my manager trusted me and I didn't have any autonomy and that made me feel exhausted and I was always second guessing myself and trying to to please them and I just felt like I couldn't do it. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Talk about management training. That's not good. That's not for, that's not what drives engagement, but that's great, solid feedback for you to go take to the SLT. So 
Retention is a bear. You're not alone and you're not the only one struggling with it, but it's worth exploring a few of these strategies to see if you can add some recognition, add some career development, make sure managers are asking the right questions and they're one-on-ones and that you're sending, creating, you know, a channel for everyone to give feedback. All those things that I mentioned are ways for you to pressure test like what's missing or you know you really should look into all of those but go slow go one by one get all these things implemented and you'll have a much higher chance of retaining the workforce that you worked so hard to hire and in the long run you will save your company money because turnover is expensive all right that's it for today i hope you enjoyed this and i will see you next time